podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome back to Footballers. This is Season 3, Episode 16. I've got the usual crew with me, Paul Rightfoot, Matt. Matt, are you still on a hiatus from FIFA or are you getting more engaged? Uh, I wasn't on a hiatus, but uh, I was just you know, reducing my game time a little bit. But uh, I've played a, a reasonable amount of rivals over the sort of weekend and a bit today when I should have been working. So that's always a bonus, isn't it? And um, yeah, I quite enjoyed myself. So I, I would say I'm, I'm somewhat engaged, if not fully. Mm. Paul, how about you? Packing anybody decent lately? Uh... No, not really. Nothing massive. I packed Loth the other week, didn't I? Um, yeah. Just so smooth. Just threw that in just, there. You know. Nothing good. Um, just packed a million coin card. No big deal. Yeah. You know. Was it mid? Yeah, not, no, I definitely want mid. Oh. You packed yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. No, it was um, it was the mid, but... Um, <laughs> It was the mid. I thought you were saying, is it mid? Like the kids say, that's mid. I'm not what? familiar with that. What is that you're talking uh, about? Explain. The kids say, oh, that's mid. What does that mean? It just means it's a bit meh. I think, I don't know. I'm not a kid. I'm fucking 42. I old listen to teenagers in my household. And they say, oh, that's mid. I think it means it's all right-ish. Slightly shit, but okay. I don't know. I don't know. Who fucking knows? Not me. Yeah. I'm also getting engaged with FIFA more. I actually spent some of my coins and I'm continuing to spend my coins. Um, I kind of got tired of just sitting on the sidelines and I felt like I've, I've sat on the sidelines long enough to where cards have come down where I can realistically build any team I want. I actually enjoy the time I'm spending on FIFA now, which isn't as much as say in previous years, but I'm starting to just be very casual, but enjoying the game, not giving a shit about it, sending fullbacks forward, just going all out attack. And shout out to that 4-3-3-5 that you had shared with me, Paul. And now, I originally, I couldn't get on with it. I couldn't create chances, but I was just playing way too fast with it. Is that something you found similar when using that setup? We posted it in the Discord, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to the foot doc. He's the one who shared it on, uh, like, created it and then put it on Twitter. But yeah, I found that I was getting a bit carried away sometimes and trying to get people on the counter and you just have to let people catch up a little bit and let the rest of your 10 players just come and get around the edge of the box and just it's it's a lot in it you know when um when you lose the ball everyone's just there on them and you just get it back so quickly the one thing i found everybody scores goals you centre mids, you CDM, your wingers, your striker everybody's getting on goals you know i'm getting cm scoring hat tricks and and I'm not winning all the games with it. I don't think it's made me... Yeah, it probably has made me results better when I've been trying. Uh, but it's just fun. Yeah. There's something always happening. You're either defending for your life or you're scoring nice goals. It's really, really good. Yeah. You know, even if you do lose, but you, you still score, let's say you lose 5-4, you're still having fun. Or at least I still have fun when I, I yeah. lose those games. I might still be totally. pissed off afterwards, but in the moment I enjoyed it. You talk about CM scoring hat tricks. That's similar to the four three two one that I was using early on in the year, sending both CMs forward, leaving one back. This just overloads the entire defense. I know we usually do content first, but I'm jumping into this because it's fresh on my mind. The way the center mids run in and the fullbacks overlap, it it just completely overloads the defenders and they spread out. And I find those center mids take advantage of it the most because there's nobody left to mark them. There's usually two runners and only one person to mark. So you just have to play the right person. Yeah. I'm just finding my CMs like they just seem to be entering the box just at the right time. 
and it's just there for him to hit it first time or take a touch or even take a pass and lay it off to somebody else. There just seem to be always one or two men in and around the edge of the box just there in space all the time. And I think that's what it does. It just, somebody's playing a back four. It just fucks the AI up. They don't know who to mark and the person manually defending just can't do it all. Yeah, it's so much fun. We, me and George used it in co-op the other night as well last week and we were saying we've not had that much fun playing co-op in, in forever. It just it just really was scoring real nice goals and, and that were early on. I think I'd only had the formation a couple of days. But yeah, shout out to Foot Dog. We'll have to put a, a link to his Twitter in something maybe in the, or share it out on our Twitter because um, yeah, needs a shout out for that one. It's fun. Yeah, definitely. Matt, have you tried this new formation? I have not. I'm still very much in love with the Jose Mourinho inter-system that I've been playing for many weeks now. Um, so perhaps I can slot in this new formation or tactic system into one of my attacking slots. So if I'm like a goal behind and I need to go gung-ho, it sounds like something that could create a lot of opportunities, but I kind of like where I'm at. Uh, it's very much suited to the players I have, so I'm not looking to change uh, anything up tactically too drastically at the moment. Yeah, you should definitely give it a try if you get some free time, though. It's... um. I think it would really suit your style with that center forward, you know, get a big target man in there and, and lay it off to him. I think you you would enjoy this one. It's certainly been a, a nice refreshing change for me. I always like trying new things and just finding new ways to enjoy the game because it can get kind of stagnant if you're just doing the same thing over and over like so many people do. But let's get back to this content that we're overloaded with here with this World Cup. Now we have a new promo, basically Future Stars, right? But it's called World Cup Phenoms, which is some of your your younger players with bright futures. And um, I think this team really fucking slaps. I, I'd like a lot of these cards. I feel like they've, they've got more balance in this team than your other ones. I felt like the other promos they've had was two or three premium cards and the rest were shit. I feel like every single card in this team is usable to some degree. Would you agree with that, Paul? Yeah. There's, there's, there's something for everybody. And there's, like you say, there's a really good bunch of cards that you wouldn't mind packing if this color sort of flashes up when you are opening packs you know you're in with something that you can use most likely because even the ones like you know your, your Dan James or your Damsgaard uh, Rayner they still look like the good cards that you could that you could use you know and there is some really high end ones that are ridiculously priced uh, but there is something there for everybody I think they've absolutely nailed it with this one it's the best Promo team we've had this year in it, I think. Yeah. Shout out to uh, that card you told me to use. And I don't even want to try to pronounce his last name. Is it, is it Carer? Carer. We need, we need Tosh and Mocker to say it so we can really get the. Carer. Carer. Yeah. Correct. Carer. For 18K, this card is a just absolute monster. He, uh, he replaced Gold Duran, who's been in my team since the inception of FIFA 23 for me. And I haven't missed Varan, which he was pretty outdated. But this card's really, really good for the coins. If you need somebody to upgrade your back line, get him in there. You can definitely get the job done. Mets, have you used any of these phenoms? I haven't used any of them yet, no. Uh, I have my eye on the Lissandra Martinez Man United, though. I think that'll just be a very handy card. Not necessarily a first-team automatic choice because he is lacking in a little bit of pace arguably but i just think that's going to be one of those ones that it'll be nice to have in your club to potentially pair up with cards to come in future whether that's argentine premiership or man united cards i'd just like to have that one in my back pocket that would be very nice i think the cool aspect of this promotion 
Paul says there's something for everybody. Um, I think it's priced for everybody, whether you, you want them or not. Um, there's a couple of like semi-premium ones, but generally all of these are, are fairly accessible with the exception of, say, Raphael Liao, who's a mil plus, but there's so many like five-figure cards in there that would do a really good job. So it's nice that someone or everybody's going to get a piece of this if they want it, and it should give you some good... Um, fresh vibes up until sort of team of the year time, which is probably about a month or so away. So I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing a lot of these in competitive play very soon. Mm. Yeah. It's a good shout because when's team of the year? Is it three, four weeks away? It's usually like the second week of January, something like that. Yeah. So it's going to be here before you know it. But Bukayo Saka, Paul, you told me you wanted a review on him and I was looking to upgrade the team. So I went out and bought him. Instantly lost 25K after that, but that's okay. You're going to pay me back for those. I really like the card. I think he's great. I feel like he's he's similar to Sterling, but he doesn't dribble quite as well. But he has that bullshit factor about him. Like He'll just come away with the ball after a really well-timed tackle where I deserve to lose the ball 100%. And yet he just kind of like comes through with the ball and he does it a lot. Are you seeing that in your gameplay as well? Yeah, well, he's... He's got not bad defending stats. Like he's got 71 interceptions, 72 stand tackle and 68 defensive awareness. And he does, he just seems to, even against decent fullbacks, he'll just take the, he'll come out with the ball. Um, I know when I, whenever I use Mane's cards, he was always one for that where um, somebody would try and tackle him and he'd just come out with the ball. He seems to have that, which I really like. I really want to try him as a CM in this formation, this um, 4-3-3, because I think he'll he'll be really good there. Don't get me wrong, he's all right out on the wing, uh, because in that formation, they're a bit... You want somebody who can strike the ball a bit better than somebody who's an out-and-out winger, I think. But, yeah, I really like it. And for 100k, it's, it's, you know... It's for nothing, really, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I say it's for nothing in this market. Yeah. A card that's worth 100K is um, an expensive card. Yeah. Especially if he can stay there. Do you intend to buy some more of these? I know you mentioned it in DMs. Are you thinking he's going to go up a little yeah. bit once he comes out of packs? It depends what's coming, but I think English Saka, right mid. We don't have a lot of right mids in the uh, right wings in the Prem. I think he'll. I think he'll do all right. There's a lot of supply on these cards, so I'm going to keep him in my team for a while and use him. I really want Bellingham so so bad. Nearly bought him yesterday, and then thought, well, I'll wait. And now he's up fifty mm. k. But like I say, team of the year's coming. We've all sorts coming, aren't we? You know. So I think these cards might not hold that well if these next couple of promos we get in. Well, sort of next three promos running into Team of the Year are crazy. We've got World Cup, Team of the Tournament, Wild Cards, Foot Centurions, and then Team of the Year. Yeah. So there's going to be a lot there, isn't there? A lot more cards coming onto the market, so it might dilute the price of these ones a little bit. I I, I kind of wanted to talk about that, the potential Team of the Tournament uh, promo, which I don't know if this has been 100% confirmed, but it's been leaked by several people who are usually spot on with this kind of stuff. I was thinking about the players they would use for team of the tournament and some of the stars from the tournament have already been used in these previous teams, right? 
How do you think they navigate that? I mean, do they just find random players from different nations? But I don't think they gave Mbappe a special card so they can give him one. Messi can probably get one. But, you know, a lot of these popular players have already gotten cards. So what do you expect them to do with that, Matt? I think like you say, though, there are some instances where they've put players out on teams that are in the World Cup, but are not necessarily the start in eleven. so that there is still some to cherry pick from. But if someone has an absolutely incredible performance between... You know, now in the end, we've we've got two semi-finals and the final to go at the time of we're talking now. I don't think they'll have any hesitation giving someone a second card for the World Cup because it's it's been over the course of several promos. I think it's absolutely fine to do that because it's based off presumably real life performances, which I'm always down with. Give as many special cards to that as you possibly can. So yeah, I wouldn't be unhappy to see someone get a repeat if they deserved it based off real life performance. I'd be absolutely fine with that. Yeah, and I'm just looking at the the top goal scorers in the World Cup this year and relative to do they have a card or not. Mbappe doesn't have one yet. Messi, Giroud already has one. Gonzalo Ramos has one. Alvaro Morata has scored three for Spain. Maybe he'll get a card. He's been like a, a super sub for Spain, hasn't he? So, and they're yeah. out now. So I don't think we'll see anything from him. But there's also that uh, Inter Valencia, who's been really good for Ecuador throughout the tournament before they went out. But I think he was one of those swaps, wasn't he? He was, and he had an inform earlier on. Not mm. that that's terribly important in the grand scheme of things, but that would have been one that would have been deserving of a, yeah. a bit of a boosted card to score three goals in such a comparatively lower-ranked nation. Exceptional performance, and I was pretty gutted they didn't qualify, to be honest. I thought they looked good for it. Yeah, shame. They were, they were playing some good soccer, too. They're just unlucky. What about Cody Gakpo? He's been kind of the star of the, of the Netherlands in, in his league this year. And he's, you know, he shined in the World Cup up until they got knocked out, which that game was tight. I don't know if you guys watched that one, but that game was so yeah. intense. Mets, I know you probably enjoyed seeing Bout Veghorst come on against Argentina and almost pull it all the way back for him. Dude, that, it's hard not to be a fan of that when you see that. What was your take on that Argentina-Netherlands game? Well, my notifications were blowing up from Discord once he started scoring, which is always funny. I like it when people see something going on in real life football and they instantly think of me because of I push certain players quite firmly on this podcast and Veg Horse is one of them. Um, I think it's a shame they didn't win because it's going to be hard for him to dish out like some sort of incredible man of the match card, even though he deserved it when you're on the losing team. So I was particularly disappointed about that. Not that I had any other vested interest in who won that game. But that just would have been cool. There's not much chance of him getting any worthwhile card other than that particular spot. That was the moment to shine. I don't think he'll get it. It was a very cool um, match to watch in terms of you know, the late drama in normal time and then the penalty shootouts were, were always dramatic. But uh, yeah, I really wanted that that Veghorst card to come back from last year because that was magic, absolute magic. Yeah. And even if you're not a big fan of, of watching soccer, if you're one of those, those Americans that say that it's boring and this and that, if you watch that game, you cannot say you walked away from that game bored. Dude, my hands were sweating the whole second half of that game. That was, it was so good. Paul, did you watch any World Cup this last week? I did, yeah. Mm. I did. But I'm just looking at this Team Georgia's posted here with the top players from the quarterfinals. Weghorst got an 8.5. Messi got a 9.1. Bruno. Um, Daily Blind, Mbappe, Ramos, Dumfries, Dalot, Rodri. So there's lots of cards there that um, 
they could use usable Roger would be nice team, yeah for the team of the team of the tournament um, if they used half of those cards there Brozovic they're not going to use him because he's got a path to glory um, but going back to the football fuck's sake I still still hurts now man I popped my knee when Kane missed that penalty I like <laughs> had a convulsion almost and fucking hurt my knee. Oh, I did. I did. He's just reminding me. I turned off the Holland game at 80 minutes. Oof. I had something to do, so I were like, ah, it's done. It's 2-0, I'm off. <laughs> I messaged George five minutes later when it's 2-2. Two, two. Weghorst has got two. I'm like, what the fuck? Weghorst scored that one as soon as you turned that game off. <laughs> literally. Yeah. Literally. I couldn't believe it. Um, but how fun apart from England going out how fun has the World Cup been there's been so many games that have just been so entertaining like yeah I've watched quite a lot of it and I've got a thing for missing goals like in the <laughs> in the quality in the group stages I think we all do to some degree I'd pick all I'd pick all the nil nilers um, or I'd watch the first half of a game then switch off to drive home and then there'd be four goals and I'd be like what um, so I think I think it's me is the problem. But yeah, we've seen some we've seen some belters. But England just so close. So close. Yeah, it happens, man. That fucking ref. The the officiating I'm blaming the ref. There's one thing I will say about this World Cup. The officiating has been horrendously inconsistent across the board. They're so fucking random. I don't understand how and I me and George talk about this a lot, but how VAR they just get it wrong so many times with VAR. Why don't they show you certain angles in game, Matt? I know we talked about this in DMs throughout the week, but a great example where the ball went out of bounds and you only saw the one angle, right? And everybody was screaming, it was out of bounds, it was out of bounds. And they showed the aerial footage after the game. Like, give the people transparency in the game. You know what I mean? Because they're not going to go back and look for shit later. You know, I, I just, I feel like, What's the point of hiding angles like that in game? Uh, it, to me, it just it gives referees a, an excuse to not be honest with it. I don't understand why you would do that, Paul. Yeah, it, it feels weird. You're like, there's people in the ground at home who are like, what's going on? Why is the game stopped for three minutes? Nobody's, everyone's like, what's this about? Um, and it just sort of ruins the experience, doesn't it? Um, and like you say, it's inconsistent. The the foul on Saka the other night, they went back and then they were like, can you go that far back? When, you know, was that, did it? But it, it was the start of that phase of play, wasn't it? When he got brought down, um, it was a clear foul. The VAR looked at it and went, no. And you're like, my granddaughter could see that that was a foul. He took his legs from under him. It's there to get rid of mistakes, but I just feel like it creates more shit, you know, and people who go to the grounds regularly and watch football, it's much, much worse. They're like, what's going on? Nobody knows. VAR, what for? Nobody knows. Flag on. Flag. Get the flags out. It's going to turn into that. It really is. It really is. People are going to start having, you know, you're going to be able to start challenging, you know, yeah. like in the cricket, you can like use one of you like, oh. Yeah. For people who can't see it, I just shared a, a gif of Belichick throwing the coach's challenge on the field. And I think that's where VAR is headed because of that situation where you believe in your heart that that was a, a pin clear cut and you want to have it looked at, you can challenge it. And if you don't, maybe you lose a sub or maybe you lose your next challenge or some kind of negative impact if you, you know, if you miss it, but you, you know, one per half, whatever. 
I could just see that coming into the game. Would you think, Matt, would that be good for the game or would that be another drag to make games even longer? I think I'd be fine. They, they do it well in tennis. They have like three challenges per per match, as I understand. And if you get one wrong, you lose one. If you get it right, you retain that challenge to use it again. Of course, they have more like points, so the equivalent of goals to contest. But there's so many things going on in a game that can lead to things down the line, like the, the foul that Saka didn't get, which then resulted in the French counterattack and them scoring a goal. I'm not overly like bitter about it because I think England still had plenty of opportunity to stop that attack. But, but failed to do so. But if we're talking letter of the war and everything, yeah, that was clearly a foul and that attack should never have happened. But just going back to the England game in general, as an England fan, being English, that's about as content I think I have ever felt about as exiting a major football tournament because we played well and we basically got done uh, by a missed penalty. Uh, and for, for all the gnashing of teeth and whining about the referee we got given two penalties in the competitive game against France and we just happened to miss one of them and the French they scored a 30 yard worldie through uh, Chouameni which you can't really do much that about that was a fucking rocket man and the second goal was a kind of nightmare of physics with the ball coming off Harry Maguire's shoulder these are things you can't do anything about you know the team playing well we just got unlucky and yeah, you know, the French realistically should go on and win the whole thing now. But I'll be supporting either Morocco or Croatia, just for the record. Not so fast, my friend. Argentina. I think Argentina's got it this year, dude. This Messi just looks different. He looks like prime Messi. He looks like he's got that fire in his eye. I feel like he's gonna he's gonna go all the way and do it this year and then he's gonna go out on a high note. You know, he got the Copa America and now he's gonna cap it off with the World Cup. I hope that happens anyway. I think that would be a storybook ending for for his career. And yeah. unfortunately, on the flip side, this is something that you wanted to talk about. Cristiano Ronaldo, he had a horrific World Cup and I guess eventually got benched to Gonzalo Ramos, who came out and scored a Hattie. What does this do to CR7 going forward? Yeah, so just to, to add some context to that, if Messi wins the World Cup, that solidifies his GOAT status. There's no argument at that point, right? And then. Ronaldo is maybe he's just hung on a little bit too long now because the last six to nine months have been nightmarish for who was my personal all time favorite player. He was the GOAT, no question in my eyes. The elements of his personality have, have come come to bear fruit in the last nine months that reveal him as being very selfish and not particularly um, good at assessing his own performance let's just say that he still behaves like he's the best in the world like he was five or so years ago or even longer than that and I think as a team you can kind of put up with his bad behavior when he delivers all the time which he was doing so people have tolerated his bullshit for years no one's doing that now and that was proven this World Cup where um, Jesus who's the um, Portuguese manager who's been a solid supporter of Ronaldo and included him in the squad and started him in games at the beginning of the World Cup where there might have been pressure for him to not do so. Um, even he had to take him out. You know, the, the guy just hasn't got it anymore. He's lost that little bit of fire, whether that's to do with stuff that's happened in his personal life or it's just age has gotten to him, maybe a combination of those things. But he ain't the same player anymore. And I think that now finally has some serious ramifications for Ultimate Team because this is a game that's been largely built around two players ever since it was 
conceived and we're going to lose one of them to a point next year. He might still be in the game. He might be in the Saudi league. He can't be a 90 plus player anymore with the way he's played and the decline he's suffering. And then he's going into a bullshit league. He's got to like come down enormously in his rating. I mean, who's yeah. going to want to use that card next year? It's going to be a very weird time in all team. We're basically going to have Messi will still be good, but not as good as we're used to seeing him probably. And it's just going to be Haaland and Mbappe. It's going to be very odd. Very odd indeed. Mm. Yeah, George mentioned something in the chat about Ronaldo. Said he got deported to Saudi Arabia. That's, that's pretty fucking funny. <laughs> I, I, you know, I bet you that Unless I'm missing something, did he actually accept that deal? Is he going to Saudi Arabia or is that just an offer it's, that he has? Nothing's official, but it, that seems to be the logical move there. Probably the only I, I just can't league that can it, afford though. him. I feel like his vanity won't allow him to go play in the Saudi league. He just, I think he would rather retire and nah. do fucking underwear commercials nah. before going to play in Saudi Arabia. He ain't going to get a game anywhere else. Given how, um, how bad he's been for United and how bad he's now been for Portugal, a team that was built for him pretty much. He's got nothing left at the top level, nothing at all. So if you if you can't get the glory, you're going to at least take the money, right? And that's yeah. that's what's going to happen, I think. Well, that's what the MLS is doing right now. They're they over the years they've been spending loads of money on old retired players like you know Wayne Rooney, Zlatan, you know those kind of players. I could definitely see a move like that happening because they'll overpay to get Ronaldo over here because fans will go to games just to see him play, whether he's washed up or not. But it's hard to watch because I was I'm always a a huge CR7 fan of fan of his ability, his his personality. He's more of a prima donna, which is not ideal, but the things that he could do in his prime physically, the talent that he had was almost unmatched in my opinion. You know, him and Messi are often compared, but I feel like they're just two totally different kind of players, but it's, it's sad to see him go the way he's going because you want to see everybody kind of have that Peyton Manning, if you will, if anybody understands that, you know, win a Super Bowl and retire type of thing. But We'll see what happens next year. One thing's for sure, Paul, there's going to be some promo cards of CR7, some flashback cards of CR7, maybe next year or the year after, or the icon CR7. That's going to be pretty amazing, I would imagine. Yeah, maybe. Um, I just hope we get some decent Taliska cards to link to him. So (laughs) that's what I'll be looking out for. He's the man. He's not even the best. Ronaldo won't even be the best player in the Saudi league. Taliska's the king there. Um, George has just put a breakdown. Three point eight mil a week is that what is offered in the uh, El Nassar? That's ridiculous amounts of money. Like he's not, he's not short of cash, is he? Do you know what I mean? He's not, he's not in urgent need of money right now. But still, that's um, that is crazy money. Yeah, I'd pick peanuts out of shit for three point eight million a week. I'd eat peanuts out of shit for 3.8 million. Oh, that's gross. That's just gross. This podcast is going south. Going? Yeah, it it went. It went already. (laughs) Well, since it did go south, let me me just take this opportunity to remind everybody we're going to be doing a special holiday podcast uh, next week sometime. And it's going to be a a Q&A podcast. You can ask us anything foot related, non-foot related, and we'll answer everything, almost everything. Yeah, we'll try to make it fun. You know, ask different questions, whatever you want. We'll we'll create a channel in the Discord and you guys can submit your questions. And maybe if there's enough popularity and, and you guys want to do it, we can do a live pod or, or, or do something like that later on down the road too. But let us know what you think. 
get in touch with us. And if you're not in the Discord, you can do that. Click the link in the show notes below. It's free. Oh, on the World Cup, before we move on from that, the Path to Glory cards, Paul. We, we got some things we need to talk about. And I'm doing this to be a dick, but <laughs> how many of those Bruno cards were you holding when he went from a million to 150? Right. So, disclaimer here, right? I had two Bruno cards I'd bought and sold before the game, right? I'm thinking early Croatia goal, buy some more Brunos, Brazil come back and win. Lovely. Um, Didn't quite work out like that. I was driving home. Brazil scored. I thought, fuck, that Bruno's going to go to a mill because I thought the game were done. So I bought one for a ridiculous price. And I know it's a ridiculous price, but if it had won, I'd have made profit. 860, I think I paid. Um, then, you know, we know what happened there. It dropped down to 200k or whatever. So I probably lost 600k. But on the bright side, the lads in the Discord sort of half talked me into buying some Brozoviches, which I bought. 10 or 11 of before the game. He's at 85k or something. He's now extinct to 150k. So I'm doing all right. We probably broke even. But it'd have been much better if I wouldn't have um, panicked and bought a Bruno trying to be greedy. But such is life. There's still no updated, updated Brozovic's price range yet. He's still extinct at 150. The game's tomorrow. We need some time for him to rise here. Sort the fucking price range out. Mm, I wouldn't hold my breath. It, it's really weird though. They've they've been really quick. I feel like to update the cards this year for that Path to Glory tournament. I mean, way quicker than yeah. usual, which is a great thing. But on the flip flop, I feel like price ranges all year have been out of whack, and they still haven't updated simple gold cards that are selling for, or could hypothetically sell for a hundred thousand coins, but actually sell for twenty four hundred. It, to me, does that just open the door for people to break terms of service and buy coins? Yeah, or, or more so, just like transferring coins between accounts. It just makes it easier for people, doesn't it? If it's hard and there's only a handful of players you can do that with, EA nowhere to be looking, don't they? But if there's 100 cards that you can use that have got crazy price ranges... It's a lot more, it's a lot easier for people to do that. Um, And you see it all the time, don't you? You see cards with bids on them and you're like, that card's 10 times less than what that bid is. What's going on there? Um, I'll tell you what's going on there. People are transferring coins between accounts. But yeah, they've been really good. Like you say, with the dynamic images as well, we've got nice dynamics on these cards. They've been really quick at updating them. Uh, price ranges they haven't been too bad at but I just feel like I don't know I feel like they're going to hold this price range into the game with the hope that Croatia losing and just dies I don't know I don't know if they think that much about it to be honest I don't know but I'm just being greedy rather than taking my 60k profit I want some more we always want more I might just hold them and hope they win I might just hold them and hope that they win yeah, um, but do we feel like Brozovic has that much more to rise? I mean, he could hypothetically get one more plus one 
five star skills, which yeah. I don't know how much that's going to impact a, 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 a CDM type of player like him. But the the wild card to me is these three bonus attributes, which they don't specify which because everybody has different ones no. already, right? So I think that could be a yeah. game changer. They'll give him the fucking goalkeeper ones now in a year, but um, I do think if they've updated his price range quite quickly after the game, he'd have shot up, gone back down a bit, maybe below 150, um, and then had some chance to rise before the game. I don't think there's probably time for that to happen now, but there's not many of these cards left to gamble on now. Um, so people might get involved if they can, but at the moment they can't get involved unless they snipe one. Yeah. But we'll see. Matt, did you do any path to glory gambling during the world cup? No, I just picked up the one or two that I, I just wanted. So I happened to have a, a Brozovic in my back pocket, which I got for 80 odd five, 85 K. I think I got it for. And I'm not compelled to sell it at the price that I can sell it for now. I think the car's worth more than that. But just going back to your previous discussion about the price range, there's no incentive really for EA to ever increase a price range because they are then giving players the opportunity to realise the theoretical or perceived value of a car that they have, whereas with the price ranges capped, that value is locked away. And if someone desperately needs coins, then they're going to have to go and buy FIFA points. So... Yeah, why would EA ever increase the price range? You know, I'm sure they're, they're always happy to lower them because it provides the market with less flexibility then and take literally takes coins off the market in terms of what people have locked up in their clubs and in their cards. Um, but yeah, it doesn't really work in EA's favour to be um, hastily increasing price ranges just to you know try and get something out before the next round of World Cup fixtures. So I can see why whether they've done it on purpose or not it just happens to be the way it is but yeah I, I can see why they wouldn't want to do it and um, that, that doesn't bode well for us because we like a nice dynamic market that's that's open and people can uh, realise the full potential and value of the cars that they have um, and I genuinely think that Brozovic car is worth more than its, its price cap at the moment and if it got another upgrade then oof to the moon baby that would be very nice indeed before we move on I have this giveaway we gotta do we had the engagement giveaway from the discord and we're gonna get into community questions right after this but I'm gonna go ahead and share my screen in this discord chat with the boys so they can see it so we had 72 entries with everybody's bonus entries that we made in the rules and it was top 50 so with the bonuses it turned out 72 total picks and I have them numbered. I'm going to go ahead and generate the number now, and we'll see who won. Number 63. That is our friend Machine Guts. He's been around the Discord a long hey. time, and his luck is in Machine Guts. If you're listening to this, get in touch with me in DMs and claim your FIFA points for this next promo. But yeah, congrats to Machine Guts, and thanks for everybody for contributing to the community and making the Discord as good as it is. We just want to give back to you guys for this. Appreciate that. We got some questions and I'll start, Matt. Well, I want to come to you with this one. Jason from the Discord, longtime listener. Question one is saving packs worth it in your opinions? And what's your best moment in FIFA 23 so far? Good question. 
Um, I would say it is worth it, providing that there's just nothing in the market that you want right now. So if you're anticipating something down the road, it's always better to hold packs until there's something you actually want to pack. You know, There's been times over the last month or so where there hasn't really been much in there worth packing at all. Uh, and the chances are you're just going to end up getting a shitload of gold dupes for not for no opportunity of packing something you really want. So yes, it is worth holding packs. It is something that I do for time to time for big promos like your team of the year, team of the season, that kind of thing, where just getting one card can can change your game completely. So yeah, with with a shout, if you can resist opening your packs, go for it. Best moment of FIFA 23. Hmm. I would probably say, given that these have remained stalwarts in my main team, was when they did the dynamic duo of Arnautovic and Posh. For me personally, that was such a lovely thing to to get so early on in the game. Like a really good, relevant marker on Arnautovic was awesome. Posh is still one of my first choice centre-backs. Arnautovic got replaced by a, a packed CR7. That I got, but I would happily still use him. So absolutely no problem there whatsoever. Um, so yeah, that has definitely been my favourite thing that's happened to me in, in FIFA 23. The worst of it was the World Cup, unfortunately. That did sort of take me out of um, a very highly engaged me in terms of ultimate team this year. It hasn't been quite the same since, but I'm hoping to get back on the wagon with that. But yeah, having Arnie was top class and posh is, is still in the team. So doing very well out of that very, very cheap SPC. Yeah, that was a good question or a good, good couple of questions. And I want to get Paul's perspective, particularly on the first one, but you can give us your best moment other than packing Yaya Toure. But Paul, is it worth it in your opinion to save packs? I think it depends on it. Like on last week, I saw the leak for these phenoms and I saved packs. Um, so yeah. If there's nothing in packs or nothing you're really that bothered about and you don't need the coins from those packs or the fodder from those packs, I think saving them's, um, saving them's all right. But also, if you're going to pack something, you're going to pack something like saving a thousand packs for team of the year. I just can't be asked. Like opening packs is half of the enjoyment. Oh, you know, your rewards along the way is is a little bit of fun you get each week. I think saving packs, I just I just can't be bothered. If I want to um try and pack that uh some of the team of the years, I'll do lots of upgrades and still not pack one. Um but yeah, I save packs sometimes, sometimes I don't, but yeah. I can't be asked with saving 7,000 packs then been excited because you've packed the same team of the year 14 times. I would imagine if you just open packs as you got them, as long as there were promo cards in packs. I mean, I, w- I never open packs if there's nothing in it but gold cards, unless it's the beginning of the game. But if you're opening packs while there's no promo, you're doing yourself a disservice. I think that's the only time it's it's a good idea to save packs is when there's just nothing in the packs. But what I was going to say originally is Let's say I saved 400 packs like Matt Foot Trading does on Twitter. He does it every year. He'll save packs and packs and packs for team of the year. To me, you're doing yourself you're doing yourself a disservice. Now I get it. He's doing it for content. But if you want to do it for coins, you're much better suited to go out and open these packs with 
regular promos because you're more likely to pack a regular promo card and get more coins for it than opening 400 packs to get maybe one, two team of the years. And it's likely a goalkeeper duplicate if you're lucky. So I I think long-term it's best to to open your packs as long as there's something worth packing. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think my best moment of FIFA 23 has just been like my pack look in general and not just because I've packed good cards, but just because it just makes the game more fun. You don't ever feel like you're behind. It takes that, that bullshit out of your head. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I know a lot of people feel this way. Like they look at other people's teams and they're like, fuck, I'm never going to get there. And it's sort of when the game's shit and the game plays shit and you having a bit of a bad time with it, it, that gets to you a little bit. And I think the packing decent cards is, you know, it takes that away. And also this last week, has been so much fun in co-op and solo with this new formation. It, it's it been, you know, say game changing. It really has. The game has just been loads of fun. Um, I played the other night for a few hours and you know, we were just laughing because of how good it was. Um, and that's, that's what it's supposed to be about, isn't it? Having fun. Yeah. And I really hope next year they can manage to do full crossplay to include all game modes. I think that would be a huge win for this, especially for me. Like there's, there's so many friends that I have that play on Xbox and we can't play together in most game modes, you know, like I would love to be able to play rivals with you. Yeah. The connection would probably be shit, but it would be fun nonetheless, you know, but like you and Matt, we can't play because y'all are both on Xbox. Um, well, Jason does have one more. I guess we'll, we'll start with you, Paul. Um, I think Mets had to... Oh, oh there he is. Um, what's your opinion of the FIFA World Cup overall? And I'm not sure if he means the actual World Cup or the content, but we, we talked about the actual World Cup earlier. I think we were all saying that once you get past the group stage, the World Cup's been fucking fire. But let's assume he's talking about the promo. What do you think about it overall? The promo, I think, has been good overall. Uh, we had all that content at the beginning, which were a little bit overwhelming. There were lots to do in between, and now we are getting into the latter stages of the World Cup. They're coming with absolute fire with this Phenoms team, um, the team of the tournament team, I imagine, is going to be just as good. Uh, so yeah, I think they've they've nailed it. There's been lots to do. There's been good cards, SBCs. The showdowns is what's really frustrated me. There were so many opportunities with these showdowns to absolutely nail it, um, and it's not a lot of cards. We haven't had loads of showdowns, but if a team wins, like give them a plus one and a five star weak foot, or give them a plus six pace and plus five defending and leave their other stats do something different to the or just give us lots more of them if you're giving us average bullshit ones give us lots of them you know um but yeah they've from the start i would start of the game cycle i would excited about showdowns and they've 
they've just missed. I know people are saying Akuna's good, um, but the Luke Shaw one and Thuram were a little bit disappointing. Yeah, I mean, I I don't have a whole lot to say about the promo. Like I said, it's I think it was too much at one point, too much dog shit stuff at one point, and it was kind of overwhelming. And as it kind of grinded, they've to me they've come out with better better options, especially like I said earlier, the Phenoms promo I think was was the best one they've done and it's not even close. Um, but clearly the, the most popular cards and continue to be popular are these path to glory cards. And that's the live cards. They're always popular. You know, um, I feel like we need more of that, more live content, more content that hinges upon real life performances because it gets you engaged with not only the game, but actually watching the games, you know, and, and, you, you appreciate it more and, you know, you spend more time watching it and playing it and understanding the game. I know for me, watching the games have, have really helped my FIFA because I didn't play soccer growing up. I don't know the foundations and, and the rules and the things you do to be a good soccer player or footballer, but watching the games, you can really learn and try to replicate that on the pitch, which is really fun. Um, Matt, do you have an opinion on the FIFA World Cup promo overall? Yeah, I, I think it's been fucking awful quite frankly uh, I think it's going to finish strong I, I think the Phenoms is, is definitely the best of the content and it's very strong and by the time we get a team of the tournament that will finish things off quite nicely there'll be some real quality in there and I'm sure they'll throw in a few wild cards from some of the small countries who did well before the end of the group stage like an end of the Lencia we talked about that sort of thing so everyone has a chance of getting something cool from that but Everything that came out during the group stage or before then was utter bullshit. Like the amount of stinking hot trash I've got in my club because of what they've been doing. I don't know what they were thinking. The only thing I can potentially think is that they knew they were going to lose an enormous amount of the player base to people watching the World Cup. And they didn't want to fill those gaps in with cards that were going to potentially take the shine off Team of the Year. So they just didn't. Uh, and like Paul says, the opportunity to do some cool stuff with with Showdown. Considering this is going to be the last World Cup that this game has, they've really undersold it. You know, not in terms of the quantity, because there was plenty of content. It was just all really bad. So, yeah, for me, it it was a waste of time. It certainly took me out of my zone because I was putting hundreds of games in to this a month before the World Cup started and as soon as they started dropping that content and the World Cup itself obviously took up quite a bit of my time, you know, my play rate's gone through the floor. I'm hoping that'll be different once the World Cup is over and I can re-engage with the game fully. But it, yeah, it really, really damaged my enthusiasm for the, for the game in general. So it, it gets a big thumbs down from me. Last question, reluctantly, we're going to have to suspend Tosh and Mocker for asking questions, I think. <laughs> I like his questions. Paul, he wants to know, who's the best CDM you packed this year apart from Yaya? Lothar Mateus. Thanks for listening this week. Paul, where can they catch up with you in social media? Right foot on Twitter. And we did half a stream yesterday, but we had drama, so that we cut short very quickly. Uh, right fucking foot somewhere out there. <laughs> It sounds so sad. Yeah. Matt, 
Oh, we actually ending it. I thought that was going to be one of those like comedic cut to Paul sort of things. Oh, well, it, it kind of was, but we don't have anything else. Yeah, Lando Matt on Twitter. Holler at me in Discord or come kill me in uh, DMZ on Warzone. Yes. Call Duty, Facebook, Twitter, all that shit. Do it. Uh, yeah, follow me on Twitter at the Foot Hunter. You can follow the show on Twitter at Footballers Pod. If you're not in the Discord, click the link. It's in the show notes. It's completely free, so come get involved. Thanks for listening this week. We'll be back with you next week for hopefully Team of the Tournament and Winter Wildcard soon. See ya. Podcast Network.